Hey guys, I know I know Steve just prayed. I'm, I'm, I want to pray again because what we're doing tonight is we are stepping into a moment where we need to posture our hearts for what God has to come. So just as a symbol, I want everyone to either, if you're sitting in your chair on your knees, just have your arms out. Yeah, for a blessing. And we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit works through what I say tonight and just that he speaks and that uh, it speaks to you because what I have to say is okay, but what God has to say is perfect. So, God, I just ask for your Holy Spirit to be poured out right now, God, that the, the word comes alive, that what happened comes alive. God, we expect big things to happen this week, what you have to say tonight, God. I ask that you, you use this time to be able to help us grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, one of the things that helped me prepare was I watched some of Steve's previous sermons, and I think one of the things that he really gets down well is he makes sure that everyone understands why you're here. And the reason why you're here is to learn the Word of God, knowing that it's going to, it's going to speak to you to, to make, make His name known. And we're, so we're in Acts. We're going to continue in Acts. So if you want to jump to Acts 13, we'll be looking at that. So, oh, yeah, so uh, Matt's going to pass around Bibles. Raise your hand if you don't have one. So, so Steve started, uh, left off uh, two weeks ago talking about the first part of um, Acts 13 where they just were sent off, Paul and Barnabas were just sent off, going into um, being sent off by the Holy Spirit as they prayed, and they went to Cyprus where they encountered a man named Bar-Jesus, and he was a false prophet. And in that, um, there was a couple people that came along, and it, you can easily see that Paul and Barnabas spoke with authority through the Holy Spirit to make sure that people know what is the good news and what is false. And so, so in Acts... There, um, Dr. Luke writes this account right after he writes his gospel of what, what God is doing in the new believers. Uh, Jesus was, was here for 40 days on earth, and then he went up to heaven, and then he, he took his spirit, and, and it outpoured on the guys in the upper room. And through that, uh, very shortly, 3,000 people came to know Jesus and started following them, and the devil tries to do whatever he can to stop it, but because of all the persecution that happens and all the things that he, he puts in his, puts in the disciples' way, in the new believers' way, they just count it as righteousness, they pray for boldness, and they turn around and do the same thing. And what we want to do in Acts, what Steve's wanting to do in Acts is to model that, to, to look at that and be like, uh, okay, so what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to use this model to be able to apply it into our lives? Because that's really what it's all about. We take the scripture, and then we move forward expecting God to work. So, so the last part of, of what we talked about two weeks ago, John Mark decides that he's just going to leave. And Steve mentions it several times, but, you know, this is, of course, just uh, hinting or inferencing that, that John Mark left something that was good. In fact, it says in when, when they were talking about going to Cyprus, it said the two of them were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. 
And right there, it says that the Holy Spirit was led by this. So the, their entire trip, it was, it was because the Holy Spirit wanted to, to move in their trip. And so for whatever reason, for whatever reason, John Mark just gets up and leaves, right? And so I want to leave off there and then jump into the next part where it's just Paul and Barnabas that step into this new place called Pisidian Antioch. You've probably heard of Antioch which is in Syria, but it's actually a different one. It's in Turkey. So in Pisidian Antioch in uh, Syria is where they have um, the first church, and it's established there. And now they are going to this other Pisidian Antioch. I know it's confusing, to um, in Turkey. So, so John Mark left, possibly because it got hard. I mean, they were experiencing persecution. He probably was feeling, oh, I'm fed up with this, like I, I can't handle this anymore, he might have felt like this was too much. Kind of like you see at the four soils, just just the thorns start hitting the, the, the plant and they just, you know, they have to give up or they're scorched by the heat. What, you know, something happened where John Mark said, I could not do this anymore. But Paul and Barnabas had faith that the Spirit was leading them to do what has called them to do. So um, one thing that I want to talk about tonight, that really the main point I want to talk to about tonight is the fact that we need to have what we learn here by Paul and Barnabas, that we need to have endurance and we need to have a posture of our heart towards God, knowing that everything that we do in our life, even when it gets hard, that we, we expect God to move. Whenever we, we just sang in worship um, about how even whenever I don't feel it, even, where I, even whenever I don't see you working, I know you're working, I know you're moving. If you have that faith and you expect it, knowing that God can do big things, you can see, you can see God at work. So, uh, I, okay, so I just got a job about a month ago, and I go into work at 5 a.m. It's really early, yeah, for a college student, yeah. So I wake up at 4, right? And so today I went into work, and I got to work, and I saw that there were nine people, and there's usually 12. And we move boxes. We have a whole trailer to move. There's no pallets or anything. We just stack them off and put them on a carrier line, which goes up to the top story, and, or, and also goes out into the floor of the store. And that's what we do. That's our, really our main thing that we do. And so it's not an easy job. You have to lift a really heavy boxes. Some of them are really small, but, you know, a lot of them are heavy. They say, like, team lift on it. And, yeah, so. Um, and so whenever I went into work at 5, I, I knew that this isn't a job that really, I mean, if other people work at this store, you can't call and be like, hey, do you want to come at 5 a.m.? Doesn't that sound amazing? People are going to be like, no, <laughs> I don't want to come at 5 a.m. And... So whenever I went in and I saw that there was a full trailer, probably one of the biggest ones I've ever seen, I was like, okay, God, I need your help because <laughs> we can't do this on our own. There's no way that I can do this on my own. And whenever the, so whenever I saw the trailer and I saw how big it was, I was like, okay, I need God's help. Whenever you look down a road or you look down into life, the more impossible it is to see, the more we have to rely on God to intervene. We can't expect things to happen if, unless God is, is in there working. So I need an endurance, 
at the job, obviously, there's, it's so physically demanding. And we pick up boxes. We throw the empty boxes away. Um, and we push carts around. And it's a fast-moving job. So today, we had, uh, we had nine people. And we usually have 12, right? It's, it's kind of crazy. And what, it, what normally it took like two and a half hours, it took us four hours. And so, so through that, I needed a touch from God. And that touch from God, you, it, God used me through my endurance to be able to speak to my coworkers after that because they noticed something about me. And that was that I was smiling and I was singing at 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm energetic, right? That's not for everyone. I understand. But God, God uses you to be able to do great things because his spirit works through you if you trust in God. You know, how is it possible that, it, you know, I was smiling and, and singing at 5 o'clock in the morning while everyone else was like, ah. I don't want to do this. Um, yes, I'm energetic. But um, it's, bec- it's because I really trusted in God whenever it got hard. And he gave me strength and endurance. And he used me to further the kingdom. Because whenever 5 a.m. rolls around and you're at work and you're smiling and you're singing, you stand out. You really do. Um, and, and I think that's really where Paul and Barnabas, uh, this, this brings into Paul and Barnabas and what they did is, is whenever John Mark left, whenever things got hard, they decided that they were going to persevere through the fact that they believed that the Holy Spirit was going to work in their lives. Paul and Barnabas needed to stay connected to God, and he was going to show them what they were trying to do. They had faith that he was moving. So one of the verses that came to me in this fact that we need to look at endurance is, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, Paul and Barnabas had to have faith that God was moving in what they were doing. And they had to be together in one mind. If you notice, it, it says, um, may the God who gives encouragement and endurance give you, the same, uh, give you the same attitude of mind according to each other in Christ Jesus. Guys, you have to make sure that it, whenever things get tough, you know, it says in, it says in the word that, that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. You have to make sure whenever things get tough, whenever things get hard, that you have to join together with other people, knowing that whenever you, you strengthen each other, it will give you endurance. Whenever you count it as righteousness, whenever you have trials, many kinds, you have to stick together, expecting endurance. So the, the first point is, is, is having endurance. And, and it really comes alive in, in the first part, um, so starting from verse 13, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. And on the Sabbath, they entered in to synagogue and sat down. So where it says, from Perga, they went on. Guys, I want you all to really grasp onto that, to, to write that down. It says they went on. And this was right after uh, it talked about 
how John Mark left. And, and whenever things got tough, whenever John Mark left, they went on. It doesn't say anything about them complaining. It doesn't say anything about, you know, yeah, just like, oh, man, now he left us. I guess, is this really what God wants us to do? They, didn't, they probably didn't know, you know, how much support they were going to get. Um, you know, strength in numbers, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to be like, we have three and now we have two. Not because the third one died, but <laughs> he just left. And, and, you know, it probably was a mental, men, really mental blow to Paul and Barnabas, and they decided that they were going to continue on, that they went on to go to Pisidian Antioch. So whenever they got to Pisidian Antioch, they went into the synagogue and they sat down. So Pisidian Antioch was, uh, was a town that was actually, in the moment, it says, the historians say that it was kind of a blip in the road. I mean, it was, it had a, it was part of Hadrian's Wall, actually. So it, Later on, it had some, some significance, but in that moment, it wasn't actually all that impressive, you could say. But God had big plans there. Um, it's seated in around several mountains in the distance, but it's actually sitting on a hill. And if you know something about the significance of sitting on a hill, it's that the brightest lights shine from the hill. So God, you know, through symbolism and understanding what God was going to do there, you can see that God's going to have big plans for Paul. So this was, um, Antioch of Pisidia was, um, had some important things to, to point out. Um, really that it was, yeah, that it was, it was on a hill, but also that, that what God is going to do there in the centuries to come is something that's, bigger than, than what Paul and Barnabas could have expected. But they went over to Pisidian Antioch expecting God to work. Guys, we need to make sure that even though when things get tough, when times get tough, we have to make sure that we trust in God, knowing that even if we don't see what he has done, that we expect that, f- that seeds will be planted, that, that, that we will see fruit in, in what happened. So yeah, I'm sorry. Let's go back to the the scripture. So it says, um, on the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. Does anybody know the Greek word for church? What? Yeah, ecclesia. Yeah. So um, good job. Yeah, nice. Um, So yeah, ecclesia, ecclesia. so, does anybody, do you know what it means, Roger? Oh, okay, okay. So, it, it, means a, it means a gathering of people, right? It, it doesn't actually mean a church building, which is rather fascinating. Um, the church building idea actually came from the German Kirche, which is the word for church building. So, um, but actually in the Greek, in what you see, pretty much any time they mention church, it's ecclesia. And so I, I've known that, knowing that the importance is that, you know, it's, it's a group of people. I, I'm sure you all have heard that before. It's a group of people. And, um, and the other one is just a building. But we need to make sure that we, we have a group of people that, that meet. So I actually did some digging, and ecclesia is actually 
um, before it was used for church, was actually used to mean a, uh, it's a legal gathering where people, private citizens came and they were able to speak at, at government places. So, it, you know, Greece was a democracy, so they were able to have their word heard, right? So, um, as you can notice there, that God used the word ecclesia to make it for his glory. So much so that, that it was the ec- word ecclesia was coined for people who loved Jesus. And, you know, and God, God used that to be able to do amazing things, absolutely amazing things. And so the next part that I, I just want to talk about is, is looking at Paul and Bartimaeus and how they were preparing God to use them. Right? They're, they're already going through tough times and they step into the synagogue where they sit down. So, how important is church to you guys? You can just shout an answer. Very. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. That's good. I'm so glad y'all said that. I, I was a little worried because there was some silence for a while. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, how, you know how, often, how often do you go to church? That's another question. Every Sunday? Every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so um, one of the terms that my dad uses that I think really a lot of ministers used is pew sitters. Does anybody know what pew sitters is? Basically, there's people who sit in a church, and then there's, you know, there's pews, and... Some people just sit in the pews, and they're known as pew sitters because that's all they do is sit in pews. They're, they're not involved in the church or anything. And so, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, one thing that, that Steve has talked about a lot is knowing that, that you know, when persecution comes, there are no, um, there, there is no room for, for pew sitting because it's either you follow Jesus with all you got or you don't. And... And Paul and Barnabas, who have already been persecuted um, and are, you know, have just got a major blow to morale because John Mark left, they decided to continue to do what they were doing. One of the things that they continued to do was do what, what the, the Hellenistic Jews did, which they went to the synagogue every Sabbath and listened to the scriptures. And as you, as you can see that God is already, is already working, that they believe that God's working, Guys, it's so important to know that whenever you go to church, you just, you just don't go to a building. You go because God, the God of the universe is there, right? Whenever we just worshiped, we worshiped to the God of the universe, right? You might, you know, they're, they're, no matter what you think about how, you, how people receive the Spirit, um, it doesn't really matter because we are made uh, to be put on this earth to be able to worship him, right? Whenever we come into worship, we want to posture our hearts, looking towards him, the God of the universe, knowing that, that he is in control. And that's what Paul and Barnabas did. They came in and they expected God to continue to do what he was doing and by speaking the power of the word. And so... So the next part, it says, after reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. 
Now, whenever they stepped into the synagogue, I don't think Paul and Barnabas were expecting to speak, right? This is actually, this is the first recorded uh, sermon, which you will see next week, because I'm leaving y'all on a cliffhanger for fun. Um, y'all will see his, his uh, Paul's sermon next week, but this is the first uh, recorded speech. We don't know if it was the first, sorry, sermon. We don't know if it was the first sermon that, that Paul ever spoke, but what we do know is that he did speak and he spoke with power. So let's actually jump to um, verse 32. This is in his sermon. We tell you the good news. God has promised our ancestors. He has fulfilled for us their children by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay. As God said, I will give you the holy and sure blessing promised to David. So as stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy one see decay. Paul was able to say that pretty quickly after he talked about what everyone else knew. And he referenced a psalm, uh, actually he referenced two psalms. And he kind of did it like like cake work. What, what did y'all notice about Paul just in, in this? Confidence? Yeah, confidence. Yeah, I, I believe that, that, you know, this was possibly Paul's first sermon, that what he did was he spoke with confidence. I think you're right. I think that he studied years and years and years, which he, he, I mean, he did, he wasn't a synagogue boy. He was a little synagogue boy. And, <laughs> and he knew his scripture, right? He sat there and he probably studied and studied and studied in those, in those three years where he was getting prepared. He was ready at any moment to be able to speak God's word. So, how often do you read your Bible? Every day? I love your uniform answers. <laughs> I hope you're, okay, yeah, not as much as you should. Um, yeah, and it's so important to make sure that we stay in God's word. Guys, if we want to expect God to move in our lives, we have to know his word. Guys, there are so many people across the street who don't know his word. There are so many people who have never heard the gospel. And we have the opportunity to go across the street and tell people the good news. Just like Paul was telling the good news. We have to be ready to give an account and an interpretation of what the scripture meant. And the only way that we can do that is to be like Paul and be familiarized with the scriptures. Guys, if you all expect to know the scriptures by heart, and you expect to, to see God move, you have to make sure that you, you know it in your heart, you know it in your head, you can, you can speak it when you are called upon. Last week we talked about breaking away from, from, from sin, from habitual sin, and uh, Daniela came up and, and she recited a psalm, uh, Psalm 23. And she's able to use that whenever she's experiencing anxiety, whenever she's feeling tempted to be anxious, she's able to use that against the enemy because whenever Jesus was, was being tempted in the wilderness, what did he, what did he say? Well, I mean, how did he combat the devil? With scripture. The way that he combated the devil is, is he was able to tell him 
through God's word, what truth was. And Steve talked about, um, which was such a good thing to hear, we talked about knowing the truth, and the truth will set you free. How can you know that you are deceived? Or how can you know that you're not deceived? <laughs> if you know the word, if you know the truth. The only way that you can understand that you are not deceived is if you know the truth. And through knowing his word and being able to anticipate the enemy's attacks, we have to know it. We have to understand it. And that's what Paul did. Paul was, was prepared to be able to speak God's word. He was, be able, he was able to be, he was, he was prepared to be able to, to be called upon in that he was able to speak to people who have never heard the gospel. Guys, that's power. That's letting the spirit work through you. Whenever Steve asked me to speak today, I, you know, he, he asked me earlier this week and I was, you know, I was, I'm, I'm nervous, right? I'm nervous. But I, but like I said in, in, in my prayer, I know that the spirit can speak much better than I can, way better than I can. Whenever, whenever you encourage someone, whenever you pray for someone, whenever you do something for someone, you could do it on your own strength, but it's not going to last. It won't last. The only way that you can do it and do it with, with, with perfection is with God. And we have been made, he, he has been made perfect through our weakness. He went to the cross and died, not for nothing. He went to the cross and died because he wanted us to spend eternity with him. And Paul knew that. Paul knew that whenever he stood up and spoke, he knew it and he spoke it with authority that the good news has come and that you can come to Jesus through what Jesus has done. I noticed whenever I went to my trip in Southeast Asia, I noticed that I did not know the scripture, right? Whenever we're in people's houses, people who have never heard the scripture before, never even I mean, seriously, some people ask, what's a Jesus? Like, guys, this is, this is real. <laughs> There's people who have never, never heard the gospel. Whenever they're expectant to hear from God's word, and you're not prepared, you're not ready to give a testament, you, it's because of my laziness that I didn't know the word. But, you know, there's grace. I'm so glad that there's grace. But I want to be like Paul. I want you guys to be like Paul. Whenever you are called upon, whenever you're called upon across the street, when you are called upon in your workplaces, when you're called upon here at the Cornerstone, whenever there are controversial topics where they ask you, what do you think? Whenever someone, you know, people have asked me, I'm gay. My, my church that I went to said that I can't come, that I'm going to hell. My parents think I'm going to hell. What do you think? It's a tough question. If you don't know the word, you might disappoint someone. We disappoint someone all the time. We disappoint people all the time. But th that's a chance where you can speak truth into someone. You can give them what God has said, and that, that comes through confidence, right? We need confidence. If you know the word and you know what it says, and you can, you can give it to someone where they have heard it for the first time and expect them to be convicted because the Spirit convicts, what, would, what will happen is that God will be moving in their lives. And at the very least, at the very least, God is sowing a seed. 
God's sowing a seed. And by the way, um, I did come up with a good answer. I know this is a little off topic. When someone asks me that, I say, I'm going to pray for the truth. You're going to pray for the truth. Come back to me when God tells you something. And what I expect is that, that in that, right, I don't have to explain the truth because if you seek for the truth, you will get it. God will reveal himself to you. So God, God wants us to posture our hearts just like Paul, right? Paul was expectant for God to move. He probably, you know, I don't know. He, I don't know if he was expectant for, for God to, to move like that where he gets up and speaks. You know, he might have been super nervous and then God hit him and, with the spirit and he just spoke, right? It says, you know, it said, right, um, going back to, to verse 16, said, standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. A little skip forward to Acts a little later. There, there is a time where, where uh, people were really furious at, at, at hearing the good news, and, and Paul got up to, to, to speak truth, and he motioned with his hand, and the whole crowd went silent. Um, you see this with, with other people in the Bible, people with authority. Guys, whenever he, I believe that whenever he r- rose his hand to speak, right, whenever he put his hand up, he might have been like me right before I spoke, and I'm like, I don't know what exactly I'm going to say, but I expect God to move. But he put his hand up, and he said, er, he put his hand up, he motioned his head with his hand, and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. Guys, when he put up his hand, he was ready for God to move. He was ready. He was posturing his heart to say, all right, you called on me. I'm going to let God move. He was ready to be put on display before everyone, not exactly knowing what the consequences were, right, guys? I mean, he, he... he, he persecuted Christians. He probably has experienced persecution already. He is willing to die for this. And he motions with his hand to silence the crowd. He's expecting God to move. So, um, you know, I'm, if anybody who doesn't know, I'm an anthropology major. And uh, so I love to learn about human culture. That's what I'm studying. And so there are archaeologists in 19... 47, who excavated Pisidian Antioch. And in there, they found a church, an early church, that was the Church of St. Paul. And they were able to find that it was an open area church, but they were also able to find one verse that was inscripted, which was Psalm 42.4. These things I remember as they pour out my soul, how he used to go to the house of God under protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. And there's, you know, this was, this church was started in, in I think, 350, right? Um, it, was, it was done through oral, uh, tra- uh, you know, it's prob- probably what Paul said was passed on from generation to generation to generation. And I believe whenever they put up this psalm, they remembered what, what their ancestors that, that came to know Jesus 
because of what Paul did, they were able to count it as joy, knowing that, that what they heard was the Spirit speaking, not Paul. Paul spoke with confidence because he knew the Word and he knew the Scripture. He postured his heart towards God, motioned his hand and said, I'm ready to speak. I'm ready for God to move through me for what God was doing. Speak with confidence knowing that you are backed by the Holy Spirit power of God working in your life. We need to be ready to speak with confidence. Guys, when, when was the last time that you have asked God for help? We just sang about a song, uh, Lord, I Need You. And, you know, I, I actually took Steve's advice, and he said, I, you know, 30 to 40 times a day I pray that, God, I need your help. I can't do this by myself. So I decided to take that on two weeks ago. And, guys, it changes your life. If you're not doing it now, do it now. Ask God to help you every single hour of the day. I have a little uh, reminder on my phone uh, for every hour of the day it rings, and I remember to ask God, God, I need your help. Guys, we have to make sure that, that in order to posture our hearts correctly towards God, that we must be in his word and expect it. Whenever I went through the Bible this summer, I... God showed me to love his word. He did, I, you know, he did so much, but it took me to take that step of faith to be able to love him. I want to be like Paul. I want you guys to be like Paul in that you must know the word. So when the enemy comes, you know that you need to posture your heart, speak with confidence. Be ready for God to use you and endure through everything, knowing that it's considered righteousness. So whenever you go across the street and you go into your work, you go into your families, guys, you have to make sure that you use the Holy Spirit powering right before you enter a conversation. You say, God, I need you. Because if you don't have him, you're not going to last very long. You're not going to be able to put up with what the devil has, because the devil knows you, but God loves you. God loves you. Use him. Use God to be able to work in your life because you cannot do it on your own. So guys, I just, wanna, I just want everyone to, to stand up and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to hold out our hands, expecting God to move in our lives this week. And we want God to be able to be given the glory. God, we're expectant of you. God, I pray for everyone here that they make sure that they know that they know that they know that they are going to follow you, God. When things get tough, God, I ask for endurance. When things get hard, I ask for endurance for all of my friends here, God. God, I'm asking for an outpouring of your spirit on my friends' lives, knowing that they need to trust in you, God. They need to trust in you.
God, before conversations, whenever they wake up in the morning, when they go to bed, God, I want all of my friends to say, I need you, God. I can't do it on my own. There's no way I can do it on my own. God, I ask, I ask that you just help my friends. Show them your glory, God. Help them to see how they can posture their hearts towards you, God. Show them that it's not about them, it's about you. Show them that they need to speak with confidence and to speak with confidence. They need your love and your touch and they need to know the word. God, help them to know the word. God, I ask for each person in this room that they stick with it. When they don't feel like reading your word, I ask that they continue to endure. If they need help, God, I pray that they have accountability partners, that there are people and there are accountability partners that get together and they meet. And they ask, have you read your Bible today? God, I need to to have accountability partners to make sure that I spend time in your word every single day. God, I expect so much from you. God, we all expect so much from you. God, Use us as your kingdom seekers. Use us as your kingdom builders. God, I pray for all of my friends here that they will seek after you every single day and become in love with you more and more every single day. In Jesus' name, amen.